be speaking on the charm bracelet. And a definition of the charm bracelet is a type of bracelet which carries personal ornaments or charms, such as decorative pendants or trinkets. They usually carry personal, sentimental, or attachment by owner. And so how many of you have a charm bracelet? Got mine on. Yep. Yeah, so they are. They're very personal because you get the charms that mean things that you go through in your life, right? That's why they're special. When you wear them, you look down and you think about the charms, right? So that's what we'll be speaking about today, that that's in the jewelry box, the charm bracelet. So who doesn't like charm bracelets? We all like charm bracelets, right? Just because whenever your husband or when you get a charm bracelet, you get these gifts and it just adds on to the charm bracelet. These meanings that mean a lot to you, things that happen in your life. Our lives are, if you think about it, made of charms. They're made of seconds, moments, days, weeks, months, and years, right? On our charm bracelet. Each stage of our lives, there comes change. Will you all agree with me? Each stage is change. So our Lord's help with speaking on motherhood in making our charms. Making each moment, each week, each year with our children to mold them into jewels that God can use. I'm very passionate and excited about this just because um, my husband and I, that's one thing that we share together is that we love to invest in lives. And so this thing of motherhood is not not just for people that that are mothers. It's not just if you've had children, but is if you nurture and you mother to help other people. But Jonathan and I, um, we've always tried to invest in other people together as a team. We love to do that. My husband, for instance, I forgot to, to stand, but he's a chaplain over several agencies in our county, over um, the police department, over um, the county uh, sheriff's department. I can't even know he's not in here, but um, the EMS and all these different entities, I'm not even sure, but he invests a lot of his life in other people helping them and witnessing to them. And we've had many visitors and people to get saved through his outreach and try to invest in other people. But what it's investing in lives. We can live through our years selfishly, but that's what lives on is when you invest in other people. Because when you invest in other people, then you live on through them, through the Lord's help, is if we do that. Now, my first priority is to invest in my husband, just like Miss Jan spoke on. That's my first investment is to live for him and to help him. Then second, my children and then others. But we, I want to encourage you all to invest in other people. But motherhood, that's what we're made of if you think about it. Ladies, what are we made for? We're made to be helpers, nurturers. That's what we're made for, is to help other people. You can be a mother without having children. Motherhood is what we're made for, whether it's to be a Sunday school class teacher, to nurture and admonish those children, your neighbor, your family. We can all be mothers at any time, all the different stages in our lives. Even a teenage girl can um, can be a mother to a child that looks up to them because they can nurture them and encourage them to live for the Lord. Little Victoria, bless her heart, she's a mother to a lot of children. She loves to mother and nurture other children. If you're around her, you realize that all little kids come to her. And I'm thankful that she has that so instinctive in her that she wants to nurture and help other people. But Proverbs chapter 127 verse 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So motherhood has many stages. 
So let me tell you this. We'll go through those of you that your children are away from home, or if you're grand, uh, if you're a grandmother, or whatever, or even if you don't have any children, you can think about at different stages. But at first, we're in that nervous stage, right? Look, think back if you've had children when you first your first one. So I thought when I had Madeline, I knew everything. I did not know anything. Whenever she was born, I had taken college classes on. Um, Child, uh, childhood nutrition and development, and I thought, I know exactly what I'm going to do for this baby. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go by the book, and then here she comes, and I did not know anything. And so I remember sitting down crying on my living room, living room floor, and Miss Jan was there, and I just looked up at her and started crying because she had her billy ribbon was high. And they put this blanket, at that time they put these blankets, and she had to be in this uh, Billy-like blanket around the clock. And they put that around my little baby, and I looked up and I thought, oh my goodness, this is terrible. I looked up at Miss Jana, and then I just started crying, and she hugged me, and I thought, I do not know what I'm doing. And so that first child is your experimental child. You think, and you're nervous, right? And Madeline reminds me of that. Mama, I'm your experiment. She tells me that. I'm like, well, hey, I'm starting to make you. Hey, maybe it'll make you a leader. I don't know. But anyway, but motherhood is a privilege and wonderful. Even in that early infant years, it's wonderful. It's a time of learning. You get to hold that baby, but it's time-consuming. It wears you out. You're getting ready to see it, Miss Rachel. Okay, but it's, it's wonderful. Trust me, it's good. But it's just you're really tired. And you think, I remember thinking back, how can you go this many days without sleep? Do y'all remember thinking that? Yes. Thinking, how in the world can you just keep on and on? But, hey, the Lord gives something in you to keep on driving, to keep on going, because you do for that baby. And so that's the first stage that you're just wore out. And then you go to toddlerhood. So you may sleep a little bit, but you have to watch their every move. And that they're climbing and they're walking, they're drawing on your your um, your walls and different things. But yay, they're walking. That's what you train them to do. So that's great. But when you're tra- you're training them and it's hard, but you want to protect them from injury. That's just another stage. But motherhood is a privilege and wonderful, right? Next comes the terrible twos. Those mothers of you in here that's not went through that, just a warning. It's not that great. But, I mean, it is a good stage, but just you can get through it. You can do it. You can do it with the Lord's help. But it's not, it is not that much fun. Okay, so that training process, when they got through the terrible twos, Madeline went through the terrible threes. So we held out to the threes, and she was really bad. But anyway, they're all different. Olivia started at 18 months, so she started early. But it's a time of testing because they are born of the sin nature. And they are testing you, and they are, um, you have to train them to respect. But motherhood is a privilege and wonderful. Next comes school. The training process begins in education. And you either send your children to school, but even if you do, you still are in the process of training and you're um, giving your child the education. Because when they get home, what do you do? You help them with their homework. And you help educate them. And those that are home educators, you know, there you go. Your, your uh, job is beginning them. I've been homeschooling for 13 years now. And so it is a job, but I'm privileged and thankful for that honor that I'm able to teach my children. But I want to encourage you, just a little side note here. I want to encourage you moms, that the children that are in public school, that you do train them in the afternoon. And that you train them those fundamentals because they are teaching children a lot 
of different things. Now they're rewriting history. If you look into that and study, me and Miss Stephanie was talking about that. She has got an educational degree, and I got her fired up talking about it the other day. Boy, she got fired up, and she was educating me with some different things. And you need, we all need to educate. Madeline is in college, so I'm constantly trying to reaffirm in her heart. So this is another training tool. And then here comes another step, the teen years. I'm there. Oh, mercy. So... Here we are. I've got a 9-year-old, a 15-year-old, and then an 18-year-old. They are emotionally draining. <laughs> but you start letting go at the end of these years little by little. They are breaking away because they are becoming responsible adults like you train them to be. So it's a process of training. And I, each stage is good. You know, um, I'm going to have fun in every stage because that's what life is made out of. Is every day, each moment. So every stage I've had people ask me, are you sad that your babies are growing up, that your children are getting older? I'm like, no. Every stage is fun. You make the most out of it. It's what you make out of it. And those infancy, that was fun because they're totally dependent on you. And it's so sweet when they look up at you and that they're totally dependent on you. And that they get older and they try you, but then they're still there and they look up to you and they trust you. And then they get to where they're breaking away and they're uh, manipulative and different things. And then when they get to be teenagers, then they're starting to break away. They're starting to spread their wings. So it's hard because the different stages you go through, but they're all good. And I told that, that mom, no, like I, I enjoy every stage. Just like, for instance, my girls now, Olivia does my nails. And my toenails, it's wonderful. <laughs> She's great. She does all these creative things. And so I'm like, I'm enjoying this stage too because it's different things. And I could go back and think, oh, man, I wish I had a baby or I wish I could do this. But no, every stage is great. And then Madeline, she comes in and she tells me the education that she's, because me and her both are nerds. And so she comes in and she tells me different things she's learned. I'm like, oh, wow, really? Well, what else? Tell me some more, because I eat it up. And so here we are at supper table. Usually, whenever I'm cooking supper, she's telling me different things that she's learned in school that day. And so I'm eating all that up, so I'm learning with Madeline. So there you go. And then little Victoria in between, she gives me sweet hugs. So I am blessed. I am blessed beyond measure. And so life is what we make each moment. We are all, we all want good charms on our bracelets, don't we? We all want good moments and good things that we can look back on our bracelets and to remind us in our lives of good things. So how do we do this with the souls that the Lord has given us? We must remember, remember as mothers that we are training adults. If you think about that, that is sobering thought, isn't it? That we are training adults. And this is a huge responsibility, huge. The Word of God says in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, uh, 6, like I said, says, the Lord doesn't tell us, you know, I thought about this, the Lord doesn't tell us to teach, but to train. Whenever you teach, usually it's what you teach, but training, it's an ongoing thing every day whenever you're training. This is different. It means that you are to mold and to shape by discipline and practice. How do we do that? So, you know, when you teach, you just verbally teach, but whenever you train, it's through discipline, molding, 
Whenever a, mar- a, um, a runner is, is disciplined their self to train for a marathon, it takes discipline and molding of, um, of different things or diet and different things to make them dis- disciplined to practice what they need to do. So how, like I said, do we do this? And let me just tell you this. I'm in the middle of this, so I am not... Um, I am not on top of anybody else. I am learning with you. This is just from the Word of God. And I am not as good as any other mother, but I'm learning with you. So these are just truths that we can talk about together. The Lord's help that we can train our children to be charms on our bracelet. But first of all, we must set a standard according to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 9 says, And these words which I command thee this day... Moses says, shall be in thine heart. He's saying to look back at the commandments, that you should remember these commandments this day that shall be in your heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign Upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on the gates. So this thing of training is all the time. We see that through the word of God. And actually, the Israelites, what they did is they actually did put a box on their uh, post of their, they still do that. It's tradition. They put that on the commandments on the on inside of a box um, on the post of their house. And then they touch it before they go out or go in. It's, it's, but we need to remember that every day, all the time, when we sit up, go to bed, rise, whenever, all through the day, that we need to train our children in the commandments of the Lord. It's an all-day thing. Whenever we're around, and we need to constantly train our children. Proverbs 2, verse 11 says, Ask the Lord. It says, Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. So we need to ask the Lord to guide us in discernment of how to train our children each and every day. That's what the Word of God said. So this is just, if you want to write these truths down, it's very practical, okay? Just very practical things. But number one, how can we train our child in the way they should go and whenever he's old, they will not depart from it? Number one is to love, this is simple, to love our children. To love them. That's simple, but that's so true. You know, some believe love is spelled M-O-N-E-Y. Miss Jan talked about that at the end with my husband. Some of the best times we've ever had is not spending any money, just time together. Like she said, I love sitting in a service beside my husband because I don't get too much. So that time is not spelled with money. Because I know we think, I know so many moms, sometimes they work so hard, and I'm thankful for hardworking mothers, but they work so hard to attain um, things of this world because they think it's going to make their children happier. But it doesn't because it's a, it is a gully uh, that's uh, it's, it's a pit that never can be filled up. It's a constant thing. And then when they get older, they think that has to be constantly filled. So may we encourage all of us to remember that love is not spelled as M-O-N-E-Y. And I want my children to remember if they don't have money one day, then that's not the end of life, that you can make it. And that's not what love is. But money, I mean, I'm sorry, love, I think, is spelled T-I-M-E. Time. 
Think about it. That's how we spell love is time. Because whatever you love, whomever you love, or whatever you love, that's what you spend your time with. Think about it. Whatever you really care about in your life, that is what you're going to spend time with. So my mother taught me this whenever Madeline was was uh, first born, and she said, you know, it's ba- she, uh, she's very practical. She said, you know, it's basic needs that babies need and children need, and it's time, boundaries, and love. And I say that's so true, simple. They don't need the frilliest dresses because it might probably make them itch anyway. Yeah. So they don't need a $50 dress. You know, a Walmart $10 dress will do. As long as they're happy. And you know what? Just like Miss Jan said, they need to know that security. The happiest homes are those that they have security, that mommy and daddy are happy. Basic things. Life is really simple. We complicate it. And that's the way the Word of God wants us. That's the way the Lord wants us to be, is live a simple, uncomplicated life. We complicate it, not the Lord. But like I said, time is spent, love is spent with time. Children do not care, like I said, having the prettiest thing on them. They become a teenager, they may, but that may be because of how we've trained them and that. But time and boundaries and love, like I said, that's what's going to last what they need. Nothing has taken any more of me, and nothing has ever given me more than motherhood. And that is, that is, nothing has ever taken more of me, and nothing has ever given me more than that of motherhood. We are called to train up our children to know more about him every day. Let me repeat, every day we are called to train. So in other words, on vacation, how many of you go on vacation and are thinking, I just need a break? Yeah. It's like all the time I remember going in the shower thinking, I just need a moment. I just need a few minutes to myself because I, I nursed all three of them. I'm glad Madeline Levy Victoria's on here. They'd be like, oh, mama, that's so embarrassing. But so I would get in the shower. Then they'd start screaming. Jonathan would say, dude, come out here and feed them. I can't do anything with them. And I was like, I just need a minute in the shower. But you get wore out. But you think that you go on vacation, you think, I'm going to sit in the sand and read a book. Wrong. You're not. You're not going to sit in the sand and read a book. And I think, now I think, whenever my girls are older, I'm thinking, I'm going to sit in the sand and read a book. And then I can't with me and Madeline. Then Olivia come along, and Olivia is a hands-on person. She likes to still do things. And then I feel bad. I'm like, oh, man, I need to spend time with Olivia, too. And then I'll get down the sand, and I'm like, okay, what do you want to do? Because this is another day I may not have tomorrow. So I need to spend a little bit, invest a little bit in each one of my children. And here comes Victoria. Yay, Mama, you're so much fun. Yay, I'm fun. And I'm getting older, you know. I didn't have Victoria until I was 35, so I'm like, yay, I can do this. You know, this is great. But anyway, so... You think you need a vacation, but, hey, it's a process, training every day. Um, But then I remember that I want to do all that I can because they're with me and train all that I can because they're with me for a short period of time. Miss Jan, Miss Rebecca can can say this. Mine are still my home, but it's not going to be but a blink of an eye, and they're going to be start leaving. And so I, I think, and whenever I'm tired, and then Victoria goes in my lap and says, can you read me this? I'm like, yes, because, you know, I may not have that. 
And at that time, she's not going to want mama to read her a book much longer. So spend that time. Even if you're, you're wore out, just pray. The Lord will give you strength. You can do it. You can do it with the Lord's help. But if you spend time with those children, you're going to spend time away from yourself as well. And a good mother is self-sacrificing. And so many times, so many mothers, they're selfish. And I am not perfect. And I know sometimes I can be. The Lord knows my heart. But, but we all need to encourage each other that we self-sacrifice to be more that we need to be for our children. Like I said, a good mother is self-sacrificing. We are to be like the Lord Jesus. And ha- what better of an example than how he was than giving of his self and his life for us. Not only give time, but also tell. Tell them they're loved. So you give your time, but tell them often. They need to hear that. My girls probably get tired of it, but I'd constantly tell them, I love you whenever we go to bed. I love you, good night. I love you because I want them to hear that spoken verbally that they are loved. Even whenever they've done bad with projects or school, I'm just giving examples or different things where they feel like they've done bad. I tell them, I love you. As long as you did the greatest, mommy's so proud of you because you did the best you can. That affirmation, they need to hear that. They need to hear those words of affirmation over and over again. You know, I love to tell my children I love you. Every chance I get, like I said, but I also want to tell them that Jesus loves them more. And I tell them, you think we know how much mom and daddy love you, but you give your life to the Lord because he loves you even yet the more. But also that you give time to your children, you tell them often that you love them, but also another way to show love is by touch. When you walk by them, put your, pat their little shoulder and tell them, I love you, you're going to do great today or whatever it may be, just pat them and tell them, let them know that you're there. When a baby is born, that's one of the most important things is physical touch. What's the first thing they do now? It used to, they didn't, but now, whenever, after delivery, they put the uh, baby to you skin to skin. That is very important, and that's very powerful if you study that out, that how it developmentally helps their brain, and that how important that physical touch is. Statistically, it's at three, that babies three times gain weight faster, 47% faster alone than in babies that are preemies and incubators if they've been touched three times a day for 15 minutes. So that goes to t- show you that touch is important. That's the reason why they have volunteers at Brenner's, because that touch is very important to nurture and touch that baby. I know I, I work occasionally at the health department, PRN, and then I know some of the moms will bring their babies in and they were little bitty in that car seat. You know, when they're small, they're just so tiny in that car, big car seat. And they'd be bringing those babies in, propped in the bob- bottles with, with uh, blankets around them and to hold the bottle up. And I encourage them, oh, that baby's so precious. Let's hold her. You want to get her out? Can you show me how good you can feed her? Oh, that's great. And it may be she had never been taught. I don't know. But it is important to hold your baby. So those of you that are young mothers or getting ready to be a mother, touch and hold those babies and talk to them. Even before they come out of your womb, you can start talking to them. Read them the Word of God. Get them, have them in church and let them hear preaching because I know my babies after delivery, they, uh, preachers didn't alarm them because that's what they were used to hearing for nine months. They didn't get startled because of uh, the man of God preaching because that's what they were used to. But the, the power of touch... Um, 
I've seen children in abusive situations before that they were not held and not touched. And how sad that is because developmentally it caused different delays and problems because that's how God intended it is that we to hold and caress and train our children in that and to show them love. But in order to love our children, also I'd encourage you to find their love language. That's another thing that's helped me is to figure out how they show love whether it be spending time with them or, or more touch or words of affirmation, but encourage you to do that. Well, Victoria, hers definitely is physical touch. She loves hugs. And COVID, boy, it did a number on her. She would sit in church and just cry because she loved hugging everybody. And that's the way she shows love is by hugs. And when she's having a down day, I put her in my lap and I start to hug her because that's the way I know she feels loved is by mama's caress. So also not only to love our children, but to lift our children. Number two is to lift our children. Children need encouragement. Praise and encouragement are different, though. Praise focuses on performance, and encouragement focuses on their worth. And so it's good that they need praise, that you're doing a great job. You did good on your test. You did good with this. You did great with But they also need to realize even when they don't do great, they're still valuable in the sight of God. They need to hear praise, like I said, with accomplishments, but they need to strive, um, and that they strive to need, need to strive to do better, but they need encouragement most of all in the Lord. So we need to lift our children, but also, thirdly, we need to limit our children. We need to limit our children. You think children do not need limitations, but they do. They need limitations. They needed guidance. You know, children, they want boundaries. They want boundaries. They want to know where their boundaries are. That's very important. Just Have you ever seen a child that you're like, they're just asking for it? They are just unruly. I mean, so they, children like untamed beasts, they need limitations. They don't. Have you ever seen some child, you're like, oh, my goodness, that child, well, they're wild. But they all are, aren't they? All of them. They're all wild. All of us were. But we have to have training in order to limit us and how we need to be. So many times um, in, in homes that is wrong in so many homes. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. You are the parent, and you do not let them rule over you. And that's so hard, but it is scriptural. And that um, I'm not the best, but I try to do what God tells me to and instruct and to set boundaries for my home. Just for an example, I know I taught my girls later on. Like I said, I'm not the best, but I'll just uh, try to have little words of encouragement to younger mothers. But I taught my girls early on that whenever I put my hand back, that means you grab my hand. Because when Madeline was born, we were in missions, and we went all over different places. And so whenever I put my hand back, I didn't say, I didn't say, Madeline, 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 hold my hand. I put my hand back, and she knew to grab Mama's hand. And the reason why, because I trained her, because somebody can get you. Anybody could get you. And so there's boundaries of protection. That's why we have boundaries, because we want to protect them, because we love them. And so whenever I would do that, even Madeline, whenever Olivia was born, I would teach her to, to hold on to the top of my skirt. Boy, she held on tight because a few times she about pulled it down. 
<laughs> I'm serious. Good thing I had my shirt over my skirt. But she, I mean, she was holding on because I had trained her. You need to be careful. Somebody's going to grab you up, and I have to hold on and watch Olivia in, in the buggy. So you better hold on to me. And Madeline, boy, she did. She grasped on her knuckles, or probably white. And, boy, she was holding on to Mama. And here we go. If I was on a mission, we had to get back at a certain time. Here come Madeline behind me on holding on to my skirt as I come through there with the buggy because I was training her for boundaries because I wanted to protect her. I wanted her to have those limitations. Now, I remember one time we were in Theo's parking lot. Olivia was like two years old, and she just bolted through the parking lot. I was like, oh, we start, kept on hollering at her, Olivia, Olivia. And then so when we got her back, needless to say, we didn't have to do that again. So well, I learned that whenever we say her name, and we, ha- well, we had to teach her that. We had to train her. Why? Because she's too precious for her to let her ride, go through the parking lot and get run over she is precious that she's uh, who God gave us. And so we have to train them because if you don't train them, they are going to do those things because they don't know. We have to train them. Just like Madeline holding on to my skirt, train them. Somebody's going to get you, Madeline. Better hold on. So you have to constantly train them. And don't just tell them, I try to do this. I don't just say, you need to do this because Mama said so, but explain to them why because you're training them and why you're doing those things. And also... Like I said, training is always is a constant thing because you're training them also to give them a lesson. I know the girls that say, Mama, do you have to make everything into a Bible lesson or a Sunday school lesson? I'm like, yes, I do. Because you're not with me, but because uh, I think I'm not, they're not with me but a short period of time. And so I'm constantly trying to make illustrations for things. So in other words, I remember telling Madeline, holding on, talking about holding on to my skirt, and I told, them, told her that, you have to stay close to the Lord because he protects you. And so, in other words, I would tr- constantly try to affirm in her heart things with the Lord as well as protection. But we need to, like I said, limit our children. If the children can't obey you, how do you think they're going to obey their school teacher or at their job place? And it is wearisome. Sometimes it depends on the personality of your child. Some children, you have to... You have to discipline often. And it's, it really wears you out. Come on, some of you moms that understand have been there. It really does wear you out if you have a child like that. But you have to keep on doing it because your child is worth more and worth fighting more than to just, it's easier just to say, let him go. Oh, well, you know, I'm just, I'm just too tired to deal with it right now. No, you have to deal with it now because if you deal with it later, you're not training them like you should. So just remember that whenever you're tired. Nope. I've got to do, deal with it now because that is part of the training process. We're not doing them right by letting them, by being their friend and letting them do whatever they want instead of you being their parent. You do not let your child talk back to you or disrespect to you. And, of course, they all do because they're sin nature, but you just have to train them not to. You're training them one way or the other. I mean, if you don't say anything to them, you're training them to do whatever. So either way, you're training them. Train your child to respect others. But then fourthly, laugh with your children. Laugh. And I love this. So um, I try to do this more. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 13 says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. 
we're going to have fun because I, I, I try to have fun because the Lord's good. Even if we're having a bad day, sometimes if there's gloom over the house or, you know, we've had a hard day, I think, okay, I give myself a pep talk. Okay, we've got to have fun. We've got we to we have some energy going because I'm the heart of the home, right? Us as mothers are hard the, the heart of the home. So even if we're going through hard times, I remember that no matter what we go through, God is good, and I want the girls to remember that. And your children, you want them to remember that, that home is a happy place, a place full of laughter. And I have fell short of that many times. But that's what I'm telling you, girls, that we're encouraging each other in the Lord and things that we can do. Just like I read about um, Catherine Carmichael, that's Amy Carmichael's mother, again, like I spoke about earlier, and that one of the things she wrote down, Amy Carmichael wrote down attributes of her mother, and one of the things that she wrote down is that there was always laughter in her home. In their home, that's what she remembered, is laughter and happiness. And I want my kids to remember that there's laughter and happiness in our home. And also, I want them to come back home. Don't y'all, you want your children, if you have grandchildren or whatever, you want them to want to come back home, and that home is a happy, a happy place. But also, fifthly, is that we need to, most of all, to lead our children. We need to lead our children. So how do we do that? How do we lead our children to love the Lord if we don't ourselves? It all goes back to spending time. Remember I told you that time, uh, love is spelled T-I-M-E? So the first T-I-M-E love that you should spend is the one that gave us life, the one that died for us. That's the one we should spend the most time with. And that's the one through his love and, and time through his word that we can reflect and give to our children. And so whenever you have that time daily that you spend with a master, then that will help you to lead your children. And let your children see you have that time and that, that you're reading his word and that you're praying. That's important for your children to see that and that you lead them in church. And those of you that are new mothers and that you have small children, I know it is wearisome whenever you're in service and you have to take them out numerous times and they wiggle all over and you're thinking, why did I even come to church? Do any of you ever feel like that or remember feeling like that? And you think, I am wasting my time. I didn't even get to hear one thing the preacher preached. How many of you have felt like that before? Raise your hand. Yes. So I have raised three children um, with my husband preaching. So I've done it all three times on my own. But Miss Jan, she'd tell me, you can do it. And I knew I could. She told me I could. And <laughs> but the Lord helped me too. But I remember one time we were, um, like I told you, uh, when Madeline's a baby, we were in missions. And we went to a very nice church, and they had a very nice nursery. And I was feeding Madeline, so they actually had a nursing room. Whoa, that was wonderful, because not a lot of churches have that. So I was sitting in there and thinking, I never, I felt so dry. You know what I mean whenever your babies are little and you feel dry spiritually because you're so tired and you don't get to spend a lot of time in the Word like you want. And so I remember sitting there, and they had a little table, with a cassette player, they showed you the cassettes then, how long ago that was, they had a cassette player of preaching. So that way, in the nursery, when moms are feeding their babies, they could hear preaching. And, you know, I thought that was wonderful. And tears went down my eyes, and I thought, I looked down at Madeline, and I thought for a second before then, I thought, look at what I'm doing. I have 
stopped a career that I loved, and here I am sitting here, don't even, can't even hear preaching, to be with my children, to be with Madeline. Then the Lord spoke to my heart, oh, but you're training. And I looked down at Madeline, she looked at me and grinned. I remember it. She looked up at me and grinned, and I thought, this is the reason why I'm training my children and why I'm faithful in church is because she is worth fighting for, and she is worth that training process. And so I want to encourage you moms that you get tired and you think, I don't ever get to hear preach. I can't, uh, I can't um, pay attention, and that you have to keep your babies, um, you're training them in church, and that you go through different stages and give them busy books and different things. You, all, some, you mothers know what I'm talking about, and you think you're weary, but you're doing what I'm telling you. I'm encouraging you. You're doing the right thing. Good for you whenever you've got those babies in church, even if you have to go out four or five times. Praise the Lord. You're doing the right thing. You may not feel at the time, but you are. You're doing what the Lord. You know why? You're instilling faithfulness. You're instilling faithfulness even before delivery to have that baby in church and then all through those different stages because you're training your child the faithfulness. But I want to look back on my life and invest in others, not just with my children, but others. I want to give all out that I can to help with others. Most of all, like I said, with my husband, my children, then others. But I want to give my life in training each day. The way we live is through others, like I said before. Invest in your children. I just want to affirm and just encourage you ladies today to, incur- to invest in your children. Look at each day as a new day. It's a new day. If you think you failed, we all have. I don't know of a mother in here that's perfect. Do y'all? No. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes that we'd wish we'd go back to. Every one of us. There's things that I wish, like I've told Madeline, you're my experimental child. You know, there's things that I wish that I could change. But you know what? Today's a new day. And I could be the mother I need to be today. Because I may not have tomorrow. I'm not going to keep on looking at those mistakes I've made. With God's grace, I'm going to love and lift and limit and lead my child where I need to today. And then tomorrow, by the grace of the Lord, we'll do it again because of who God's given us. But I want my charm bracelet at the end of my life to be full of moments my girls have served their master. No greater joy than to see my children would walk in the truth, and I pray that my children will and that to have that desire. I want one day to have charms of many ladies that I've helped in to be the be, to be a better wife or mother in the Lord. I pray that because I love to invest in other people. I have, like I said, I have a charm bracelet, and I look and I see a M, I see a A, and I see a V. And I pray that my children want to serve the Lord and that on that charm bracelet that I can train them to be what God has for them to be and that they can become jewels that God wants them to be. But I want, like I said, one day to have charms that that I have instilled in other people to help them. It's all about investment of time. And you take away yourself, but you invest in other people. But training children daily to be jewels, what God can use, like I said. And how do we do this? We lead by falling in love with the Lord and spend time with him daily, like I said before. And pray, pray, pray. And this is one thing that Miss Jan has taught me whenever I've been weary in school or discipline or different things. She'd encourage me, you pray, you keep praying. 
And um, so I'm thankful for that, that we can go to the Lord. And whenever we let our guard down in prayer, that's a lot of times whenever things happen and they, um, that we let our guard down and that Satan will attack our home. And so we need to pray every day. Pray, pray, pray for our families and for our children. And keep those reminders. We have a discouraging day. Do you all have any of those little notes that your children write you or somebody else does? I have in my Bible some notes, a dear lady in the church that I'm trying to invest time in that she's put in my Bible. And whenever I get discouraged, I look at that. Praying for you, Miss Leslie. I love you. Those little things, reminders. And you look at your children just like I did with Madeline that day and determine my heart that I want to train my children to be used for a jewel for his, in his eyes. But all of us, we're in this training process, whether we be, whether we have children now or um, people that we can help in our lives. But just to encourage you that all of us, that we can train our children to be jewels that God can use. So we'll go to the Lord in prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for this time. Lord, I thank you for the honor and privilege it is to be a mother. And, Lord, that that's what you have made us to be is to nurture and to help others. Lord, I thank you for the three children you've given me. And I thank you for, other than that, the different ones in, in Jonathan and I's life that you have allowed us to be able to help. Nothing within us. There's nothing good in us, but it's all about you. And, Lord, I want to, I want to come before you and ask you to please help be these mother, with these mothers. Lord, please encourage their hearts to do more and be more of a mother and godly, Lord, and to lead uh, to to uh, train their children and to listen to their husband and the guidance and going to church faithful and these truths that we've looked at lord just please encourage their hearts today lord to go on another day for you and we'll give you thanks we love you lord in jesus name amen